Howdy partner and welcome to not just a sports report. That's right, not just a sports report. Uh, if you thought that this was not just a snake in my boot, then unfortunately you're listening to the wrong podcast. So if you're after not just a snake in my boot, I'm really sorry to break it to you, but this is not just a sports report. Now, if you want to support us on Instagram, that's at not just a sports report, not at uh, not just a snake in my boot. Just let me make that very clear to start. Uh, and if you want to follow us on Spotify as well, you will be able to see whenever new podcasts drop. That includes my NRL 2022 season previews, which brings us to today's topic, and that is the Brisbane Broncos. I'm going to be jumping through with my 2022 NRL season preview for the Brisbane Broncos. Now, if you haven't heard my Bulldogs or Cowboys ones, they are currently available on Spotify. So as I said, you can go back have a listen, chuck us a follow, you'll be able to see uh, when the next one drops, which I think the one after this will be my West Tigers preview. So with that being said, let's get into it. NRL 2022 season preview, the Brisbane Broncos. Alrighty, let's get into it. It is the Brisbane Broncos preview. Now, it's been a really interesting time for Brisbane as well for so many years, basically since Wayne Bennett took over. Or Yeah, he was the first coach, so he didn't even take over. He was just fucking appointed the coach. I believe that was like 1989. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, on exactly when Bennett started. It might have been 1987. Of course, he was at the Canberra Raiders before he made the move over to the Broncos. But basically from that point at the end of the 80s when Bennett took over, up until, like I would say, Anthony Seabold took over, the Broncos were a power club. They were a huge club, always getting the Friday night fixtures. They were always in the conversation in terms of winning the premiership. Now, of course, the last time they won was actually in 2006. But there have been times since then where they've really pushed for the title. Uh, The closest to that being 2015 against the Cowboys. Uh, If you don't know how that one turned out, very unfortunate. Ben Hunt, of course, dropping the ball. I would say that you do remember if you're an NRL fan. And if you're not an NRL fan, well, thanks for listening to my NRL season preview. Sorry if you don't understand what I'm talking about. But the Brisbane Broncos, they've gone from a power club, a destination club, uh, and a genuine premiership contender every season to an absolute basket case. Now, they have really made some positive changes. Of course, last season was Kevin Walters first at the helm as a coach. Now he had coached the Queensland Maroons, but this was his first NRL gig and his dream job as well. Uh, They've also got Ben Eichen in, who is a really quality football mind. He's going to do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that I think will set them up to be successful going into the future. So they are doing their best to right some wrongs. Of course, Anthony Seabold uh, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about him. Of course it didn't work out. Uh, it was an awful time. The worst time in the Broncos history. Like, absolutely. So, but I'm I'm not one to tr- trash a man. Trash a man while he's down. I, I guess he's not down now. It was a while ago. Uh, but, yeah, I think as far as Anthony Seabold goes, he's copped enough uh, through the media and just general perception of his coaching. So I'm not going to say anything because... I still think he's a decent coach. Uh, It was a really, really big job to come over to the Broncos, especially the way it was handled, the way they basically just fucked Wayne Bennett off. 
uh, and not nicely either. Like really, really non-amicable split. Ended on very bad terms. They pushed him out the door. They brought Anthony Seabold over, who had had one season as a head coach. A fantastic season, great season at the Rabbitohs. Uh, but they sacked off one of the GOAT coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. Definitely in the top three. So it's just crazy. They got rid of him for a coach, a younger coach that they wanted to build their future around. Two years later, he's gone. He is gone. They had an absolute shit show of a season in 2020. Uh, and then it just got to the point where they couldn't keep him on any longer as the coach. So it was unfortunate for Anthony. But yeah, it was just crazy. Of course, there was a huge divide as well. Now, I wasn't in the Brisbane Broncos dressing room, but a lot of them would have been super close to Wayne Bennett. And it's not that they don't like Anthony Seabold. It's just more the way the club handled it, the way they treated Wayne. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there's just this whole new game plan. Seabold comes in. He wants to play all these young guys. And it just didn't work out. The way they managed their salary cap was really poor. And it, it just wasn't the Brisbane Broncos that we've come to know uh, over the entire tenure of the club. So really shocking last couple of years for them. Of course, they did make some improvements under Kevy Walters last year. So hopefully they can continue to improve this season. Now, speaking of the coach, Kevin Walters, I really wish him all the best. And I do hope that he succeeds long term as the Broncos coach. He's so passionate about them. Has he won six premierships? Is that... I'm pretty sure that's the correct number, like six premierships, which it is so hard. You hear players all the time talk about it is so hard just to win one premiership. So he was an elite player, um, pretty much at the Broncos' absolute peak. Like him and Alfie were just an unstoppable halves combination. Then the forward pack they had was insane. Then you think the back line as well, like just a tremendous, tremendous team. So Kevin Walters knows what it takes. He has been wearing Brisbane Broncos colours at the absolute peak of their powers. So he knows what it takes to make the Brisbane Broncos great. But it's just about, yeah, working working with the players and the staff and actually making it happen. Now, I've heard a few things as well. Uh, I think it might have been Denon Kemp from Bloke in a Bar who has played for the Broncos in the past. Uh, just talking about how that kind of it's not there. It's like, you know, they kind of, the players take it for granted. This is, don't quote me on this. It might not have even been Kemp that uh, said it. And just don't quote me on anything, actually, unless you really have to. But uh, they're saying, you know, like the players don't, it's not the same. They kind of just take it for granted. And they think, you know, once you've got the Broncos jersey on, like that's when you've made it. Whereas it's, it's not like that at all. There are standards that need to be driven to actually make the club successful long term. So I think Kevin Walters is absolutely the guy to be put in that position to help bring the team harmony together and help get the Broncos back to where they need to be. As I said as well, Ben Eichen is a huge addition. So it is quite exciting times for Brisbane if they can get their shit together. Now, in terms of their X-Factor player, uh, they have quite a few of them across the, their uh, roster, but I'm going to be going with Katoni Staggs. He missed a huge chunk of last season. They really missed him. When he is on the field, the Broncos are so dangerous. Staggs is an unbelievable center. They actually talked about him playing in the halves towards the back end of last year. They talked about him playing in the halves this season. But that does appear to be scrapped. I believe that Katoni Staggs will be in the centers at least for the first half of the season. It will be interesting, though. 
Uh, if they don't go too well, are they going to throw him in the number six jersey and just try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible? Another thing as well is his injury run. Uh, had a really unlucky 2021 season, was pretty much absent for the entirety of the season. Uh, and the Broncos need him. The Broncos absolutely need him if they are to be successful here. Uh, he and Payne Haas really, really hold the keys to like a top eight finish and a really quality year for the Brisbane Broncos. Now, the one to watch, uh, I've got Brendan Piakura. He is an extremely talented young back rower. He played for the Australian Schoolboys a couple of years ago. It might have been the same year uh, when Reese Walsh was playing for the Schoolboys. I think Sam Walker was the halfback that year that had the uh, Fagai twins from the Dragons, among some other names. But Brendan Piakura has had some big raps on him for a while now. We haven't been able to see the best of him yet, but they've been letting him develop, which is really good because we have seen at the Broncos in recent years some really quality young kids that have been exposed to an insane amount of pressure, especially the uh, wooden spoon season when it was just a bunch, all incredibly talented prospects, like all amazing young kids, great footy players. Uh, but you need some experienced heads in there. And the majority of the team were young blokes who didn't have that experience. Uh, and because of that, we saw names like David Fafita move on, decided that instead of the Broncos, he thought he had a better chance uh, like obviously money plays a part as well, but that's because like they would have a family to support, but he didn't see a future at the Brisbane Broncos. Like they would have been paying him a fucking decent coin as well. Uh, and he decided that he was better off at the Gold Coast Titans. So that's a real worry for the Broncos. That hasn't really ever happened in their history where players all of a sudden, they don't want to be there. Uh, but David Feeder leaving last season has opened up a spot for Brendan Piakura. Now I know that Kurt Capewell, uh, has been signed, so he'll get the first crack alongside, I would say, Jordan Ricky, but I'm not 100% sure, uh, in the second row. So maybe Piakura comes off the bench to start the season, but I absolutely think that Brendan is one of the names to watch on the Brisbane Broncos roster this season. Now, of course, speaking of the back row, we had Alex Glenn, their captain. He retired uh, this season, or at the end of last season, so that leaves another kind of void in experience, although they have recruited really well to get some experienced first grade guys in there. Another really interesting point heading into this season, uh, we've seen in the media that Billy Walters, who has come over from the Tigers, he is Kevin Walters' son, if you didn't know. If you're a league fan, you most likely know by now. But if you didn't know this, Billy Walters, the son of Kevin Walters, he's come over to the Broncos this year. Uh, there is a major halves battle, but Billy Walters has supposedly been training there in the preseason, which I thought was really, really interesting. Now, Kevin Walters isn't, it's not one of those things where it's like, I'm just putting my son in the number six jersey. Like, your job is on the line. Uh, if you play your son and he's shit and you get embarrassed, like, you're going to get fired, most likely. Or it's not going to help you keep your job as the coach. So he obviously sees something in his son where he believes that Billy, Billy Walters can be a first grade number six. He's been really good as well at the Queensland Cup level, which I know is very different. But Billy, he's been around. He's spent some time in the Melbourne Storm system. He's been at the Tigers. Played a lot of footy for uh, the East Tigers in the Queensland Cup, or now called the Brisbane Tigers. So Billy Walters, he's been pushing and he's been developing for a while now. So he does deserve a crack. But there are actually a lot of names that are in the mix to partner Adam Reynolds. Now I'm going to get to Adam Reynolds 
a little bit later. I'll get to their signings when I do their gains and losses because Reynolds is just such a massive signing. But who's going to partner him? I was thinking maybe Tyson Gamble. Uh, Albert Kelly did an outstanding job when he was called upon last season. Of course, Billy Walters in the mix and Ezra Mam who played at the South Slogan Magpies in the Queensland Cup last season. Had an outstanding season, really quality young kid, and there are a lot of talks that he might be the one to push his way into the halves. Probably not round one, but I do think we're going to see Ezra Mam get his debut in the halves at some point this season. He's another one to watch. Definitely heard some good things about him in the small uh, amount of footage I have seen. I've only seen him play a couple of games. Uh, for South Slogan, like the, where I've actually watched the games, but he looks like an absolute talent, very silky, silky sorry, skills. He's got a bit of pace on him as well, uh, great passing game, and he's got a decent kicking game too. So I think he'll be a great option in the number six jersey, plays amazing eyes up footy, which would work really well with Adam Reynolds. Think Cody Walker, for example. Now, one of the players who I think is going to have a massive year, I'm tipping Tessie New, for a huge year. I think he should be the one to start at fullback. Now, Selwyn Cobbo, I know, is going to be most likely their long-term fullback, and fair enough. He is exceptional. He's a great talent that I rate very highly, but I don't think the plan is for Cobbo to start at fullback this season. I think we'll see him maybe on the right wing outside Katoni Staggs, because he can play in the centers, but I think Staggs and Farnworth kind of have a mortgage on those positions. So I'd say we'll see Selwyn Cobbo start out on the wing, and I'm tipping a massive year for Tessie New. I think he's going to play his best football that we've ever seen from him in first grade. I think he's going to nail down that number one jersey. I don't rate Jermaine Azarko as the number one, uh, as the fullback. I think he's a great winger, but I, I don't rate him as a fullback at all. I remember last year, Matt Dufty, there was a game... Uh, against the Dragons, it might have been Corey Norman put this kick in, and there was 17 seconds left in the first half. Uh, now, every other fullback in the comp decides to bat that one dead. Jermaine Ozarko decided to just leave it with like 15 seconds. You knock that out, there's not even going to be a line dropout. So, pretty loose. Now, I've never played NRL. I definitely haven't played in the fullback position, so very easy for me from my couch to be like, what the fuck was that? But... He does play NRL, and I don't think he should be the fullback. If he goes to fullback, then I think Brisbane Broncos drop a couple of positions lower on the ladder. That's why I think this is a really big year for Tessie New. I think he'll get the chance to start the season at fullback. I'm tipping him in to start the season in incredibly hot form. He does need to work on his defense, but that's my tip. I think Tessie New is in for a great year. I think he's going to be the Broncos fullback for the majority of the season. Uh, and we'll see how things develop because obviously Selwyn Cobbo seems like he's going to be the option uh, at fullback long term. But Tessie New, an incredible talent, still extremely young too. And there's nothing to suggest that he can't be their long term fullback. So really interesting developments. The number six jersey up for grabs, the number one jersey up for grabs. Uh, is that going to affect them having two crucial positions in your spine still undecided? Maybe it will, but I think with a bit of training and with some game time, now Tessie New already was playing fullback towards the end of last season and playing really well. So I think with game time, these combinations are going to grow. I think we're going to see New own that number one spot. As for the number six jersey, I really, really don't know. Now, another positional kind of fucking, how do I even word this? 
Another positional battle worded it pretty poorly there. Uh, on the left wing, uh, we've got Corey Oates, who he just came out in the media as well and was talking about how he's been training a lot harder. He thinks that the reason why his form was so poor over the last few years was because he wasn't putting in uh, the hard work or the extras uh, and the things that are kind of expected of elite level players. So Corey Oates has been working extremely hard. Now, has he been saying that because the Dolphins might sign him and he's, you know, trying to get that next contract? I don't know, but I do think he's going to come out, really try to cement himself on that left wing. Is he going to try to play back row? I don't know. It looks like he's going to stay on the wing. That's been a weird one. It's like he wants to be a second rower. He's playing on the wing, and then he's playing shit on the wing. Not shit, sorry. I shouldn't say that. Uh, because once again, I've never played NRL. If you stick me on the wing for the Brisbane Broncos, uh, I'd be a laughing stock. I would be a fucking laughing stock. So, although if you stuck me on the wing outside like Darren Lockyer, I'd score a couple of tries. You know, I'd be all right. But unfortunately for Corey Oates, he is not outside Darren Lockyer. So he's going to need to put in and have a massive season which I believe in him. I think he's going to put his best foot forward to do exactly that, but he needs to because, as I said, there is a positional battle here on the left wing. The Broncos have signed Jordan Pereira from the Dragons, young Kiwi winger. I don't know if he's that young. He might be like 28 or something, but he's a really good winger, makes great carries out of his own half, uh, great try scorer, very powerful very agile and very quick. So I think Jordan Pereira is, or Pereira is going to put a heap of pressure on Corey Oates for that starting wing position. So there's a good amount of like competition for spots, which is healthy. That drives the club to be better. But there is kind of a fine line between competition for spots and then it, like indecision on the way that your team is best utilised. Because it's great to have competition for that fullback jersey or the 5'8 jersey. But you also want someone to really put their hand up and say, like, this is fucking my jersey. So Corey Oates looks like he's going to try and do that this season. They do have some other options on the wing too. But I think to start the season, Corey Oates or Jordan Pereira on that left wing. We'll see who has the bigger preseason. And we'll see how things play out throughout the trials. Now, I think he was he may have only been on a training trial. Uh, of course, with the COVID situation, we don't know whether players are going to have to miss weeks. I do think we're going to see them. Uh, the NRL lean on development players, uh, Jersey flag players like under 21s. Uh, and I do think we're going to see some New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup guys step up throughout the year. So another option on that left wing is actually Nene McDonald. I don't think he signed a top 30 contract. He very well may have. I'll look through their top 30 in a moment, but I think he may have been on a train and trial. But he's an absolute option on that left wing too. He finished off last season at the North Devils. He won the Queensland Cup competition out on that left wing. So Nene McDonald is an extra name that is really pushing Oates and Pereira uh, for that position on the left wing. Looking at the Fords now, and that's probably their po uh, position of greatest strength. Uh, and I'm just going to single out two names in particular here, Payne Haas and Patrick Carrigan. They are going to be the leaders of this Brisbane pack over the next decade. They are hugely important. They were thrown into the deep end. Uh, now, Payne Haas, I think he debuted under Bennett, same as Patrick Carrigan. But they had had barely any experience when Anthony Seabold took, on, uh, took them on. And they've gone through some pretty scarring times. So that could hurt them, but I think that's going to actually turn them into stronger players, more resilient. 
and they're going to have some real knowledge to pass on later in their careers to some younger guys, kind of just about how important it really is to have some experienced heads around and just some little do's and don'ts as a young Ford. Now, Payne Haas and Patrick Kerrigan, for mine, they are absolutely the two front rowers for as long as they can play, as long as they are healthy. Uh, now, a lot of people might think Patrick Kerrigan is going to play lock again this year. I would actually love to see Kobe Hetherington retain that position. I loved his form towards the end of last year. He kind of suits that more modern day lock of a ball player, a little bit lighter, a little bit smaller than the rest of the Fords, uh, with just quality passing game. And he's got a bit of a kicking game as well, Kobe Hetherington. So I would really like to see Kobe get that number 13 jersey. I'd like to see Payne Haas and Carrigan start in the front row for the club. I know they've got Tom Flegler. For me, out of the four of them, Haas, Carrigan, Hetherington and Flegler, I'd be putting Flegler on the bench. Uh, I think the other three should be starting. I think their form warrants it and that they deserve it. Now, the Broncos' last couple of seasons, very, very poor. 2021, they came, pardon me, 14th, and that was after 2020 where they collected... <clears throat> Wooden spoon, goodness, I got something in my throat, my apologies. So some really, really average years for Brisbane. They need to turn it around and quickly. I think anything less than a top 10 finish, and then there starts to be some real questions asked, and we start to see pressure mount on Kevin Walters, which isn't what I want, but that's just how it seems to work. When you don't improve or when the team doesn't improve, uh, they seem to be very savage in terms of moving people on. I mean, they move, the Brisbane Broncos moved fucking Wayne Bennett on. Like, it's unbelievable. That's like if Manchester United had moved Sir Alex Ferguson on. And they were just like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Like, there's this coach in the Premier League or a manager in the Premier League who, <clears throat> yeah, he had a great season. He's had a great season, Sir Alex, so... We're going to get rid of you, and we're going to make him the coach of Manchester United. Like, it would just be fucking absurd. It was absurd. The whole situation was very absurd, and I think it's going to drive the narrative of the rivalry once Wayne Bennett takes over at the Dolphins. He's going to be out to really, really get Brisbane and say, like, you guys got rid of me? Well, I'm going to fucking get another Brisbane team, and we're going to be the best Brisbane team. So... Pretty loose, very wild. There's definitely the narrative there as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. And let's hope Kevy Walters has a great year so that he's the head coach of Brisbane in 2023 because that would be awesome. I would love to see Wayne Bennett, Kevy Walters, Broncos versus Dolphins. What a game. Like the narratives just write themselves for that one. Now, as for the Broncos draw, <clears throat> their first six games are quite tricky. Their first one is against the Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium. Now that's going to be the Adam Reynolds game where he goes up against his old side for the first time. And that's going to be a really interesting one because we won't know how the Rabbitohs are going to look without Adam Reynolds because it's the first round. And we're not going to know how Brisbane are going to look with Adam Reynolds. So there's going to be a lot of questions answered in that round one clash. And then following that, the Broncos will take on the Bulldogs in Sydney. So that's a, both those games are winnable. I would tip, if I had to tip right now, I would say the Rabbitohs do beat the Broncos. But the Bulldogs is a very winnable game. I know that they've signed some great players, but it's it's kind of either way because it's like you could drop, you could go 0-2, you could go 2-0, you could go 1-1, uh, obviously. But like especially with those two games, they really can go either way. As can their third game of the season against the Cowboys at Suncorp. Uh, right now, if I had to tip that one, I think the Brisbane Broncos would win that. 
but you really don't know. Uh, both the sides are kind of on the same position on the ladder, uh, and it will only be round three, so we won't know a whole lot about how the combinations are working and about who the real threats are in the season at that point. Then, in round four, the Broncos are going to be taking on the Mighty Warriors, my boys. Uh, that's going to be away from home, but at Redcliffe. So that's literally a home game for them because the Warriors are playing in Redcliffe. Now, as for how that one's going to go, the Warriors are absolutely going to fucking smash them. Uh, so move on. Nah, honestly, that is another very winnable game for the Broncos. I remember last season, uh, Reese Walsh had that game where he just missed a heap of conversions. Did he fuck my multi? Yes. Do we abuse players and act like dickheads if a player doesn't get your multi home? No, we don't. We don't do that. That's stupid. So if you do that, take a good, hard look at yourself. But yeah, I remember that game vividly because I nearly won a fuck ton of money. But yeah, they lost the Broncos. So that could absolutely happen again. That's another, that's four winnable games, especially three of those four are very winnable games for the Broncos. But then the next two after that in rounds five and six is where it starts to get really tricky. They'll be taking on the Roosters at Suncorp Stadium, who they should have Luke Carey back. He should be fully fit. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the Roosters shape up. I have them as one of the main contenders ahead of this series. But another multi that I lost. Let's uh, fucking, what multis have I won? Nah, I've had, I've had an all right run. But I do remember um, I was in New Zealand at this time, actually. I was on holiday and... I had the Roosters in a multi. Why? I don't know. Because they were fucking paying like nothing. And the Broncos beat them. The Broncos beat them last year. This is the 2021 Broncos beat the 2021 Roosters. So I'm not going to just write Brisbane off here and say, oh yeah, Roosters won, move on. I think that is a winnable game for Brisbane. They will remember that they beat them last year and they'll say, hey, like, let's really make a go at this season. They've got four winnable games from to start their season. Then they come into the Roosters. If they've won maybe three three out of those four games, all of a sudden you have a bundle of confidence coming up against the Roosters. You've got Adam Reynolds in the halves. Uh, you've got Kirk Capewell in the back row now. If Katoni Staggs is fit, you've got him in the centres, Payne Haas up front. I mean, there's real potential for Brisbane to have an awesome season here if they can get off to a great start. Now, after that game, they'll take on the Panthers, the reigning premiers, away from home at Pepper Stadium or Bluebed or Fuck, I don't even know what these sponsored fucking stadiums are called. Uh, so Panthers away from home, that most likely they'll lose. But again, very interesting note. They beat the Roosters last year. They pushed the Panthers all the way, the full 80 minutes when they met last year. So again, I can't I can't just say, oh, Panthers away from home. Yep, that's they've lost that one because they haven't. They pushed them all the way last year. They beat the Roosters last year. They didn't have Adam Reynolds. I don't think they had Katoni Staggs at that stage of the season. They didn't have Kirk Capewell. So who's to say that they're going to lose again or that they are going to lose to the Panthers, sorry, not lose again uh, because they beat the Roosters. So it's wild. We might actually be able to see a really big season from Brisbane here, but I just, I don't know. I really don't know how it's going to play out. I don't think they're going to make the top eight, but then all of a sudden you and four or five of those first six games, including Roosters, Rabbitohs, Panthers, like if you get two out of those, or even one, all of a sudden you've got a bit of momentum behind you. You've got confidence that you can hang with the elite teams of the competition. And then all of a sudden, Brisbane Broncos aren't as far away from finals football 
uh, as they seem to be in the last couple of years, which was very far away. Now, before I make my prediction for this season, what I'm going to do, I'm going to jump through their gains. I'm going to jump through their losses for the upcoming season. Then I'm going to look through their entire top 30, just mention any names that maybe just deserve a mention or that I haven't been able to give a mention yet to this point. And then after I've done the gains and losses and the top 30 brows, I am going to make my official prediction for the Brisbane Broncos season. So let's jump into it now. I'm going to quickly pull up the gains and the losses. Alrighty, alrighty. I have got the gains and losses up. Where should I start? I'll start with the losses because the gains I'll probably jump into a little bit more in detail. So Xavier Coates to the Storm. Huge loss. Huge, huge loss. Huge gain for the Storm as well. So Xavier Coates, massive loss for the Broncos. I know he got dropped last year, wasn't in the best form, but he's an unbelievable talent. I really, he reminds me, different skill set, but just very tall, very rangy, kind of like Israel Folau. Uh, you stick him out on that right edge of the Melbourne Storm, which is where Folau spent some time, under the coaching of Craig Bellamy, and all of a sudden, you've got a next-level freakish outside back on your hands. I think eventually we could see uh, Xavier Coates move into the centres, uh, but at the moment he's an unbelievable winger, so I think we'll see him stay there for the Melbourne Storm. Massive loss for the Broncos. Another loss was Tavita Pangai Jr. He moved mid-season after being told that he would no longer be required going forward. So he went to the Panthers, and now he's gone to the Bulldogs. Brody Croft, my goodness, there's a guy who fucking has been beaten from pillar to post. Really feel sorry for him. Things just didn't work out for him. But it's it's hard. I can't imagine being... I, I would be close to his age. I'd probably be a year or two older than... I'd probably be Brody Croft's age. I'd probably be the same age. And it's just like... To, be, to have people talk about you the way people have been talking about him or the way the media talked about him and just the way they covered the whole Brody Croft thing, it's like, it's really hard. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how these young halves do it. It's really fucked up. It's actually really fucked up, the way the media put pressure on them. The, the media will be more than happy to say, like, this young under-20s player hasn't debuted yet, but he is going to be one to watch. And then they come through, like Luke Brooks, great example. Then they come through and they struggle with like the pressure that's been mounted on them. Or they'll be in a fucking team that is a shit show. Luke Brooks, again, great example. So then they just tear them down. The same media outlets that were saying like, this kid is amazing. This kid's going to be the next fucking Andrew Johns. They are the same ones who are going to absolutely shred you to pieces if you're not an instant hit or at least, you know, doing well for yourself at NRL level, which is not easy at all, especially as a halfback. So I really do feel for the young halfbacks. And I'm going to say it one more time. It is fucked up the way the media's relationship with these young players and the way they treat them and then the stories they print about them and then even not the young players. like The way they fucking go about like their media with the trail for the most part is disgusting. They'll post shit where you're like, you've obviously got like these fucking like mouth breathers in the comments who want to make some like racist comment or they want to be like, you know, they just don't like the way he plays because he's aggressive. But the way the media post it, like you'll see the headline or you'll see the way it's phrased and you're like, they have just put this up to get people to comment this shit and to just like drive this shit because they need their clicks and they need this and they need that. But it's like, I don't need to see like 20 Latrell stories in a week, especially when none of them are really positive. So yeah, the, the way the media treats these players is fucked up. 
I will say that again. It really is. Uh, the way that like Latrell gets treated a lot of the time, super fucked up as well. And then it's like, look, I'm not here to get political on my podcast, but it's like people be like, oh, it's not a fucking racist thing. It's because of the way he plays. Like I will tell you right now, a fucking ton of it is casual racism. Yeah, you don't like the way he plays, but like fucking 100% is casual racism. I don't even give a shit if you really don't agree with that statement or you think I'm an idiot for saying it because once you actually see the comments and you see the basis of like half these people's fucking reasoning for why they don't like him, it's like, that's bullshit. It really is bullshit. The way that the young halves get treated, bullshit. The way that Latrell Mitchell gets treated, bullshit. The way that the media treats players and coaches in general, absolute bullshit needs to improve. Luckily it has, thankfully it has. We've got Bloke in a Bar. We've got plenty of other outlets now which aren't run by mainstream media which focuses so much more on the actual gameplay and the beauty the beauty of rugby league and the great parts rather than the boardroom dramas and the fucking like young halves struggling and all this shit. So that's my tangent for the night. Uh, the media need to just fucking get a grip. Now, Anthony Milford, he was another loss. Another, there you go. There's a, another great example of a player, bad relationship with the media gets absolutely shit on and just treated poorly. After, yeah, a few years ago, if you read articles on, on him in 2015, this guy was like the next fucking big thing. And I, I loved Anthony Milford because uh, my second team, uh, I've been a Warriors supporter my whole life, but my dad is from Canberra. So I always grew up watching Canberra Raiders games as well. They have all my second team. Uh, and when I saw Anthony Milford coming through the Raiders, I was like, oh shit, like this guy is the next big thing. Uh, things didn't work out for him. Uh, really unfortunate for him. Also, fucking shouldn't have left the Raiders, bruh. But the way he was treated, really poorly. Not by the Broncos. They did stick by him. But just the whole situation was a mess all around. Now, another loss for the Broncos. Alex Glenn, their captain. He's retired. Uh, Johnny Asiata had gone to the Bulldogs. But that is since that's no longer happening. Ethan Bullimore, another big loss. Because he's just a extremely quick prop. Very fast for a front rower. He's gone over to the Manly Seagulls. Please excuse me. Uh, Isaiah Tass, who is yet to play, or Tass, he is uh, yet to debut in the NRL. He spent a bit of time at the Bulldogs and then last year signed with the Broncos. He is now off to the Rabbitohs. Richie Kenner, uh, he was at the Storm Bulldogs as well. Spent some time at the Broncos. Didn't really play a heap of first grade. He's been released. Danny Levi, who got signed mid-season from the North Devils, he's off to the Huddersfield Giants in the English Premier not the English Premier League, my bad, the English Super League. Uh, ben Teo has been released, but I read that I think he's joining the staff for the Dolphins. Uh, he's not gonna, I don't think he'll be like an assistant coach or anything, but he does have a role going forward, I believe, at the Dolphins from next season on. Well, probably even this season, because they'll be already starting work, trying to get shit organised for next year. Uh, now, oh, I didn't actually realize Carmichael Hunt released, so we're not going to see Carmichael back. Uh, didn't really expect to see him back. I haven't heard anything of him during the preseason, but good on him. He worked his way back to the NRL, which was really cool to see. Uh, and he had his reasons. He kind of had accomplished everything that he needed to accomplish when he left the league. But like, man, the trajectory of his career just didn't go the way, the way it was looking. Like he looked so fucking good. And then 
the Gold Coast, that was quick. I don't know why Fallout and Hunt went to the AFL. I get it, the money and the... It was just cooked. It was stupid. It was, like, now as an AFL fan as well, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, you guys could have been decent, but, like, you're at the absolute top elite level of the NRL. I don't know. Whatever, though. Like, that's their decision. Uh, he ended up going to Rugby Union as well, played for the Waratahs, played for the Reds, played for the Wallabies. So he did pretty well for himself, but the AFL thing was whack. Whack as hell. Uh, I was so upset. I was like, what the hell? Carmichael Hunt and Israel Folau are going to AFL. Uh, upon reflection, how'd they both go in AFL? Folau, like, dead. Uh, I'm not going to say dead shit. Uh, that's harsh. Harsh. But, like, yeah, he could have been playing Origins. He could have been probably winning or playing in, like, final series and trying to win grand finals. Uh, but he went to the GWS Giants and didn't really do anything there. Uh, Carmichael Hunt, he did all right. And I, I know that there was kind of an attitude of some of the AFL guys were like, you know, you're taking a spot on the list. You're taking a spot on the list from someone, a kid who's played this fucking game their entire life trying to get to the AFL, and you've just taken their spot on the list. Which is totally fair, because that's exactly what they did. It's not like they had AFL experience. It's not like they actually contributed that much from like a gameplay standpoint. It was all for marketing and trying to grow the game in the Gold Coast and Greater Western Sydney. So it was a really interesting move, the Carmichael Hunt thing. But this is the Brisbane Broncos 2022 season preview, not the Carmichael Hunt Gold Coast Suns hour. So let's move on. And the last loss for the Broncos, he's been sent out on loan. So he is coming back. Uh, Jesse Arthurs, he's going, pardon me, bloody hell. He's going over to the Warriors, which is awesome. I'm excited to see him line up in my team's colors. I think he'll go pretty well there. Uh, and 2023 losses for the Broncos, so not this coming season. Uh, but at the end of the season, Jermaine Azako is going to move on. He has signed with the Dolphins under Wayne Bennett. Sorry, I'm just fucking doing a lot of those ones, you know. Banging a lot of those ones in your eardrums. I do apologize. Now, the 2022 gains for the Broncos, we've got Adam Reynolds. Massive signing. Marquee signing. They, they weren't the only club after him, and he went there for cheaper than some of the other clubs were offering him, or than, than what some of the clubs were offering him. Uh, the Sharks were interested. The Rabbitohs said they didn't want, they didn't want to sign him on a multiple-year deal. Uh, pretty whack, but Lachlan Ilias is a really great player at the Rabbitohs, so I do understand why. They did that, but Adam Reynolds is a great get for the Broncos. He's exactly what they needed. Even when Wayne Bennett was at the club, for me, the huge, huge like void in their team was the number seven jersey. I remember they had Milford and they had Cody Nicarima playing in the six and seven, and it just didn't work out because they were the same style of player. Now, Nicarima has gone to the Warriors since. Uh, He's been great for us. I would love to see him run the line a little bit more. Uh, I don't like being critical just because... Uh, yeah, I'm just sitting on my ass on the couch. That's so like, yeah, fucking run the ball. It's like, I don't know. Maybe if I was in his exact same position, I wouldn't be running the ball as much. But that's when he's dangerous. That is when Cody Nicarim is dangerous. So I'd love to see him run the ball a little bit more. I think because he wasn't doing a lot of that, that's why he's now playing off the bench or looking at maybe playing a bit of a dummy half roll. So, Cody, if you get your chance, run the fuck out of that ball, mate, because you're, you're a quality NRL standard half, uh, and if you want to play in the halves, which I believe he does, I don't think he wants to play hooker, then run that ball, brother. Run that ball. 
so Cody Rick Nicarima, he moved on fucking a few years ago. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about Adam Reynolds. Uh, and yeah, huge signing, can kick goals, is a premiership player. He's won premiership with the Rabbitohs, of course. Uh, he's played New South Wales for the Blues. <clears throat> and he made the grand final last year and was playing as good as he ever has. He is one of the premier halfbacks in the competition. Exactly what Brisbane needed. They have needed that since, in my opinion, since Ben Hunt left. He was the last like genuine quality halfback that they have had. So that is a massive signing. Adam Reynolds to the Broncos. Uh, and another player from last year's grand final, but on the victorious side, the Queensland Maroons player, Kurt Capewell. Uh, he's won two premierships now. He won one at the Sharks as well. I don't know if he played off the bench in that game, though. I don't know if he got played off the bench in that game. I just remember hearing on a podcast, Chad Townsend, uh, talking about just how much of a fucking mess Kurt Caper was in the, during the celebrations. I'm like, good on you, Kurt. Uh, now you get to celebrate again, or you got to celebrate again with the Panthers. And now he's coming to the Broncos. He represents Queensland, so they're going to be a huge fan of him. Kevy Walters has brought him in, and I think it is an outstanding signing. The back row was kind of another area with the loss of Alex Glenn that they needed to fix up, uh, just add a quality name into the mix, and Kirk Capewell is exactly that. We've also seen that he can play in the centers if required, so he's got that versatility, which is really good, uh, especially with the amount of head knocks we've been seeing in the game. If your first choice center gets a bit of a head knock, you can bring a second row off the bench, you can move... Kurt Capewell into the centers, and that really helps in terms of your uh, in terms of your rotation. Because sometimes, if you don't have an outside back on the bench, then if one goes down, like it really affects the team. So that's a major, major point of difference that Kurt Capewell can offer the Broncos. Another signing, and another Queensland Maroon, and another Premiership player. Now, I would have never thought I'd be saying that two, three years ago. Brenko Lee. Branko Lee uh, really didn't kick on at the Raiders when he was just an unbelievably, uh, unbelievably talented junior. Went to the Bulldogs, went to the Titans. It just did not work for him. Uh, and then he went to the Storm and he won a premiership and he looked really good. And then he finished the year by playing for the Queensland Maroons. Uh, and then he entered last season just, yeah, really unfortunate, but had a lot of hamstring issues. He had a lot of injury issues throughout the season. I don't think he played a single game of NRL last season, but I do know that he played for the Brisbane Tigers in the Queensland Cup a few times. So hopefully Brenko can get his body right. If he can, then he is a great option for the Broncos in terms of depth. If Tony Staggs goes down in that right uh, right center position, that is Brenko Lee's preferred side of the field, right center. So I think it'll be really interesting. If Staggs goes down, then Brenko Lee can step in. You've got a premiership winner, uh, origin experience, and he's been around for a little while too, and he's coming from the Melbourne Storm where he would have learned an extra thing or two to really add to his game. Another signing for the Broncos, we've got Corey Jensen from the Cowboys. Largely has played off the bench for the Cowboys when he's been playing in the first grade. His quality, the Broncos were just talking about, they were after a couple of really solid middle forward players with experience just to help out, just to add that depth. Uh, they weren't looking to break the bank. They weren't looking for marquee front rowers. They just wanted guys that could get the job done at first grade level. And Corey Jensen is exactly that. Another middle forward that they have signed is Logan Bayless. He was playing at the South Logan Magpies. I think before that he may have been in the Cowboys system. Don't think he's played NRL yet, but he is a quality forward. I actually think we're going to see him make his NRL debut this season. So watch out for Logan Bayless. 
Uh, Jordan Pereira from the Dragons, or Pereira, uh, I mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's going to be battling out for that left wing position. Then we've got Ryan James, who has signed from the Raiders. Obviously, he was at the Gold Coast Titans for the majority of his career. He now comes over to the Broncos, and same as Corey Jensen, just fits that mold of a very experienced guy who can get the job done in first grade uh, and can just add that little bit of punch through the middle with some experience around training to pass on to some of the younger guys in terms of how to train, how to prepare, and just how to get yourselves ready at an elite level. So Ryan James is a great signing. I know he didn't have his best year at the Raiders last year, but that was coming off, was that coming off two consecutive ACLs? I know it was definitely one. I'm pretty sure he had, did his ACL, and then in the preseason of 2020, he did his ACL again. So it's not easy to come back from two reconstructions. Uh, but he has. He went all right at the Raiders. He even played a game for the Bulldogs or two uh, on loan during last season. But Ryan James, if his body's right, I think he's going to be a great contributor to the side. Is he going to be the starting prop and the guy they build everything around? No. But... If you're bringing him off the bench, he's got a... Oh, sorry, I dropped my vape. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, major, major crisis mode nearly fell off my seat. My goodness, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if Ryan James can kind of hit anywhere near the form that he had at the Gold Coast Titans when he was there, then he's going to be an amazing signing. So we move on from Ryan James. The vape is back. I might even just have a little... Just a quick one. Uh, Billy Walters, I jumped into that. His dad's the coach. Crazy. But then, yeah. Parramatta Eels, you got Jake Arthur. Penrith Panthers, obviously. You got Nathan Cleary, so... Eh. It's like, whatever. Let, let some dads sign their fucking sons. Whatever. He's already going to be playing... He's already played in the NRL, so... He deserves a spot. Uh, I think it's a great signing. And at least, hey, Kevy Walters knows if he puts Billy out there... He's got a 5'8", who is not going to want to let the coach down. He's going to be playing his heart out for the coach. So that's not such a bad thing, is it? Uh, now, another half that they signed that I didn't mention earlier when I was talking about the halves conundrum is Tamare Martin, who he had to retire a couple of years ago. He was at the Cowboys. Uh, he came through the West Tigers under 20s. He was a junior Kiwi. Then he moved to the Panthers. He looked really good at the Panthers uh, before he went to the Cowboys. Then... He went decent at the Cowboys. I think toward the end, before he had to medically retire, they they were playing him at fullback, which is out of position. Correct? Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's right. He was playing fullback. Uh, so he had to retire due to brain bleeds. His brain was fucking bleeding, which is hectic. That was a really sad thing at the time, too. It's always sucks seeing a young player with so much potential get struck down like that. But it's been announced he is good to go. He has been medically cleared. He came and did some training with the team. They were impressed enough. They said, mate, here's your contract. You are now a Brisbane Bronco. So awesome news for Tamari Martin. And if he gets his body right and gets himself up to speed with the modern game and how it's been played in the last couple of seasons while he's been out, he is 100% an option. 100% an option in the halves. He is a great half. Like what he was showing before he had to retire was amazing. He looked like a great prospect. So if he can get his body right, he will be up there to replace, or not replace, sorry, to partner Adam Reynolds in the halves. Maybe a little bit later in the season. Uh, I think Ezra Mam and Tamari Martin, a couple of the younger guys, uh, they're going to just have to bide their time in reserve grade for a little bit. But we did see Kevy Walters last season. He was rewarding guys who were in good form in the Queensland Cup. Uh, Albert Kelly is one that comes to mind. He was playing 
really well for the South Slogan Magpies last season. He ended up getting the call up, so I think we'll see the same. I think we'll see Billy Walters probably start in the 5'8 jersey if the training uh, reports are anything to go by. And then I think he'll give the all the other halves a chance to go down to Queensland Cup level and just say, hey, play your way into the team and it'll be up to them. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, but I haven't been to their training, so who knows? That's the exciting part of the season. We have to watch and we have to find out exactly what's going to happen. Now I'm going to jump on to the Brisbane Broncos uh, top 30 squad and then I'm going to make my official prediction and I'm going to wrap this shit up. Uh, okay, so on their development list, we've got Logan Bayless, uh, Tamari Martin, and Xavier Willison, who signed long-term till the end of 2025. <clears throat> uh, let's have a look. So Jesse Arthurs, mention him, Kirk Capewell, Patrick Carrigan, Salwin Cobbo, Herbie Farnworth. Quick note about Herbie. A uh, couple of notes. He's been training in the centres and at fullback. This season, So he is an option at fullback. Kevin Walters is definitely considering deploying Herbie at the back. Uh, I hope Tessie New can have a big season. I like Herbie at left centre. Uh, but we may very well see Herbie. He may even start the season at fullback. But there have been reports surfacing that not only are the Dolphins chasing him and offering more money than the Broncos are able to match, but English Rugby, English Rugby Union, uh, after Herbie Farnworth, he is English-born or England-born and raised, so he's eligible to play for the national team. They obviously think that he'd be a great addition to the national team. Uh, he probably doesn't make next year's World Cup because obviously it'd be his first season, but I think they're more looking at him maybe to build toward the next World, World Cup cycle. You get him next year, and then he has four years to really just build toward that massive World Cup moment. So I think there's every chance we see Herbie Farnworth leave the NRL and go to English Rugby Union. I think it's a massive chance, and if he doesn't go to Rugby Union, I still think he's going to leave the Broncos. Unfortunately for Broncos fans, fingers crossed for you guys and girls that he does resign with the club, but I would say he's either going to the Dolphins or he's going to English Rugby Union. <clears throat> Moving along this top 30, we've got Thomas Flegler, Tyson Gamble, love the way he plays the game, Payne Haas, Kobe Hetherington, would love to see him start at lock this season, as I said, uh, Deloise Hoyter, or Hoyter. Hoida? Hoida. I don't know. I don't know how to say it probably. Hoida? Hoad? Hoida. Hoida. Bloody hell. I should have checked that before I made a bloody ass of myself trying to say that. Uh, but Deloise, I have seen him play for quite a number of years, actually. 2012 might have been the year. I, was, I watched a lot of under-20s in my day. Uh, he played for the West Tigers under-20s. I remember I actually went to a game at Suncorp Stadium. I got there very early for the under-20s game, uh, and I watched the Broncos play the Tigers that day. Deloise was at uh, fullback for them, and I just watched the way he played the game, and I was like, I'm just going to, you know, I like to remember the name, see how they go. Uh, since then, he spent pretty much the majority of his time at the Wynnum Manly Seagulls, who've been really good in the Queensland Cup. They made the last year's grand final, uh, and he got a train and trial deal, but he impressed so much, he put his best foot forward. Kevin Walters loved what he's seen, so Hoida or Hoida has been, that said that's so wrong. Sorry, Deloise, Deloise. The more, the more I say it, the more I fuck it up. So I'm going to just call him Del. we got Big Del from the Broncos. Uh, not Wendell Saylor, but Deloise Hoeda or Hoeda. Uh, also, I'm going to have to, as soon as this is over, I'm going to have to learn his name because I've got some big NRL content coming this year. So, yeah, I can't be butchering names like that. So, And that's an easy one, Hoda. I thought it was Hoda. Uh, Deloise Hoda. 
we will roll with that. We will roll with that because if I say it anymore, uh, I'm just digging myself a grave. Uh, but yeah, he worked so hard, came from over from the winning Manly Seagulls. He's earned himself a contract. Preferred position is in the right center position. So it's going to be a bit of competition in the centers. Uh, I think he's an option on the right wing as well. And obviously they can play them on the left as well too. Uh, Jermaine Azarkov, talk about him, his last season at the Broncos. Ryan James, Albert Kelly, Corey Jensen, Reese Kennedy, big bopper, big boy Reese Kennedy. Uh, he's off contract this season, so be interesting to see where he lands. Is he going to stay at the Broncos? Is he going to try? He could go over to the Dolphins. I'm not too sure what we're going to see uh, from Reese Kennedy going forward. Brinko Lee, Ezra Mam, David Mead coming off contract at the end of this year. Always loved watching David Mead play, uh, mainly at the Titans. He hasn't gone that well uh, in the last year or so, but he'd been at Catalan's Dragons for a while in the Super League, and I've always loved David Mead. I don't know why. I always just enjoyed him. I always rated him when he played fullback too. Uh, I'm sure the coaches didn't play him there for a reason, but when he was playing fullback, I loved him there. I thought he was a really good fullback, but yeah. I'm, I'm not the coach of an NRL side, so I don't get to decide. Uh, Tessie New, great fullback option. Corey Oates, Corey Pakes, who he's been pushing for that dummy half role. Dake, Jake Dake, Jake Turpin has been out. Uh, a lot of their guys have been out with COVID uh, through training. So Corey Pakes actually got to step in. He's been training in the number nine jersey, which gives him a great chance to push and try and give Jake Turpin some competition for that spot. Uh, then we've got Keenan Pelissea. Jordan Pereira, Brendan Piakura, Adam Reynolds, Jordan Rickey, TC Rabadi. He's another player that I really like. Runs a hard fucking line, can score a try, hits hard too in defense. I really like TC Rabadi. I know he had a bit of a, an off-season indiscretion, I think a driving thing. But honestly, like, I'm just sensitive. Are we not just sensitized to it now? It's like, yeah, player caught drink driving, like, fucking doing stupid shit it's like now it's just like i'll be surprised if we go pre-season without someone like drunk driving or fucking assaulting a cab driver or whatever it's wild i don't know why that is i guess i don't know i guess when you're just in the privileged position where you're a footy player i don't know i actually don't know the psychology behind why so much dumb shit happens in the off season it's rogue if someone knows, tell me. If, you, if we have a psychologist listening to this, uh, hit me up. Please, hit me up. Tell me a bit of the psychology. Why are players doing such outrageous shit? Always, always, for like years. Name one, name one off-season. Name one off-season where like someone wasn't doing drugs or fucking assaulting someone or like drink driving. Uh, moving on anyway. <laughs> Uh, Katani Staggs is on the list, and then we've got two players who are off contract at the end of this season in Jake Turpin and Billy Walters. So that is the top 30. Uh, that is the Broncos season review, or preview, not review, sorry. Uh, and then that leaves only one thing left to do, which is to make my official prediction. Uh, I do apologize, I went on a couple of tangents, uh, casual racism tangents and fucking media tangents, but like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just speaking as I go, honestly. I hadn't written any of that. I hadn't prepared any of that. Sometimes it just comes out. Sorry if you hate it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just like, fuck it. Honestly, I feel, that's how I feel about those things. So I hit this vape, vape, vape nation. I actually, honestly, never vape. Uh, 
but I'm trying to quit cigarettes. So this is the go. This is how we do it. Uh, but this isn't, sorry, this isn't the Mick quitting cigarettes hour or Mick's 2022 cigarette quitting preview. This is the Brisbane Broncos preview and prediction. So I'm going to make my prediction for their season. I was umming and ahhing about this for quite a while. But my official prediction, I'm going to be having the Brisbane Broncos finishing in 12th. So I don't think they're going to make the top eight, but uh, I think we'll know by around 10 exactly how good the side's going to be. Because if they beat some of those top teams early and really get a decent record, if they can get through those first 10 with more wins than losses, then they are right in contention to be pushing for a top eight position. And I know that's exactly what the, pardon me, they want to do. Because I've heard Adam Reynolds say exactly that. So I think they're going to be pushing for the top eight. I do think we're going to see some great wins for them. But there are just a few question marks. Katoni Staggs, if he goes down injured, what happens there? There's just a few questions. Uh, Payne Haas is another one. If they lose him or Carrigan, all of a sudden, then that really weakens their forward pack. The halves kind of situation. They don't have a definitive 5'8". They don't have a definitive fullback. Uh, and yeah, just too many questions for them to make the top eight for mine. But... I'll be really happy if they do. They've had some rough times. But my official prediction, I'm going the Brisbane Broncos to finish in 12th position. So best of luck to them. If you're a Brisbane Broncos fan, get excited. Hopefully they have a much better season than what I'm predicting. Hopefully we see Katoni Staggs firing. Hopefully we see Adam Reynolds thriving at his new club. And hopefully KB Walters does an awesome job. And we say, you know what? This is the right guy for the Broncos going forward. So I'm taking the Brisbane Broncos in 12th position. NRL's 2022 season is very close now. Uh, we are only two months away. So yeah, I'm pumped. I'm gonna be smashing out all of my NRL previews. We're gonna get all 16 clubs done by the start of the season. The next one is gonna be the West Tigers. So I'm looking forward to the West Tigers one. There's gonna be a hell of a lot to jump into there. If we think the Broncos have been a shit show in the last couple of years. The Tigers have been a shit show since like 2012, I want to say. 2012 or 13, they've been a shit show since. So they really need to get it together. It's getting embarrassing. And that is coming from a Warriors fan who we've only made the finals since 2011 once. But I think that might be once more than the Tigers. So fucking boom. Take that, Tigers fans. Get that in you. Now, honestly, shit clubs, we ride it together. I feel you guys. I like honestly watch some West Tigers games. Uh, sometimes if I have like money on them, usually it's against them. But when I have money on them, I'm like, I feel this. I'm like, I feel how it feels to be a Tigers fan because I'm a Warriors fan. And it's like this team on paper, I'm like, this, oh, if this goes right, this could be so good. But it just doesn't. And then sometimes it will, like one or two games. And then it just turns to shit, so... Unlucky Tigers fans, I feel you guys. Broncos fans, you guys were fucking awesome. You guys are just starting to be shit, so... I don't feel you guys as much. You're a power club uh, who just happened to suck, whereas the Warriors and Tigers, we've been genuine shit shows. You know, we committed to actually being shit shows over a long period of time. So West Tigers, I feel you. Broncos fans, I don't really feel you. You guys fucking should be awesome. You guys have all the resources... And everything to be awesome. So let's hope that you guys are awesome this season. Uh, in my opinion, 12th position. Uh, I'd love to know what your opinion is, uh, where you think they're going to finish. So 
Hit me up on my Instagram at not just a sports report. Send us a message where you think they're going to finish, why you think they're going to finish there, uh, and any other thoughts you have going into the NRL season. And if there's anything you'd like to hear uh, in future podcasts, let me know. If there's anything you don't want to hear, like, mate, your tangents are fucking dead shit. Shut up. Let me know. And then I can just, yeah, go easy on the tangents. So that's it for my Brisbane Broncos 2022 season prediction. Can't speak English anymore. Uh, I'm taking them in 12th position, if in case you didn't hear. I'll just repeat that like 100 times. 12th position. Brisbane Broncos in 12th position. So that is it. Brisbane Broncos season preview. Got them in 12th, in case you didn't know. Uh, I've told you why. I've told you the top 30. Told you a bit about the positions, their gains and losses. It's now time for me to, I don't know, like fucking sit on the couch and vape. I don't know. Probably not a whole whole deal of important shit, but I can't keep going on tangents all night. So that is my Brisbane Broncos preview. We are done here. You can, I don't know, do what you want to do. You can vape on the couch. Do, do whatever you want. Live the way you want to live your life, you know. So 12th position, Brisbane Broncos, in case I didn't mention that. West Tigers are up next. I'm going to be jumping that one out. Jumping that one out. I don't think that is even a, an existing term. I'm going to be smashing that one out very soon. Most likely tomorrow. I'm going to be recording it tomorrow or today. Uh, I'll be recording, but I'll be releasing, sorry, this podcast tomorrow. So I'm recording this on Saturday night. This will be out Sunday during the day. I'm going to be watching my UFC. I'm going to first fight card of the year. Uh, I've done my preview predictions, prediction, sorry, podcast for that already. If you want to go have a listen. Uh, and I can't wait for the first UFC card of the year. So I'm going to be jumping up very early. I'm going to be watching them very early, 9 a.m., like not very early. I'm going to be jumping up at 9 a.m. I'm going to be watching the UFC fight night. Uh, and after I am done there, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to record my West Tigers preview. I've already got my notes and such ready to go. Uh, so expect the West Tigers preview. I am aiming for a Monday release. So if you're listening to this on a Sunday, then check back up tomorrow because I'm going to have the Tigers one out. Uh, probably midday. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not times. I'm not going to give, if I give you an exact time, it'll probably be like four hours later than that. So I'm not going to give you an exact time. If you followed me on Spotify, you bloody bastard, like I asked, then I wouldn't even have to tell you these things. You just see it when it comes up, but follow who you want, do what you want, enjoy the content that you want. Uh, and you can also follow me on Instagram at not just a sports report. So this has been Not Just a Sports Report. Uh, to all my Not Just a Snake in a Boot fans that were disappointed that uh, they have actually picked the wrong podcast, I hope you enjoyed the Brisbane Broncos preview. So that's done. Done. I'm going to go vape now. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy your weekend. Have an awesome New Year. Can I still say New Year? It's the 15th of January. Happy New Year. Uh, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys had a magical awesome Christmas season or festive season. You could be Jewish, it could be Hanukkah. Uh, there are plenty of other religions as well or non-religions fucking who don't celebrate Christmas. So whatever you celebrated and I hope you had a great holiday season like a month ago. I hope you had a great New Year's. Uh, and you know what? Have a great February. February's coming up. It's also my birthday on February 1st. Uh, if you guys yeah, wanted to send me any gifts or anything like that, uh, please send me gifts, please. Uh, then, yeah, February, have a happy February, have a happy January, have a fucking great life, I hope you enjoyed the Brisbane Broncos podcast, I'm predicting them in 12th, what else do I have to do now, but, uh, hit the couch, so, 
I'm going to hit the couch. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, if you enjoy the UFC, don't forget that is on tomorrow. Get up and watch it. It's going to be a mad card. Uh, and then the following day, Monday, I'm going to have my West Tigers preview out. So that's it. We are done. I'm going to go motherfucking vape. Thank you so much for listening, especially with the amount of shite I've been talking tonight. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Your support means a great deal to me. Uh, and as time goes along, I'm going to try and improve the quality of these podcasts and really get them to a higher level and to where I think that they should be. So hopefully a little bit less tangent, a little bit less shit talk. So done. Sayonara. I've been wrapping this up for like 15 minutes. So I'm not even going to say my usual wrap up lines. I'm going to hit the stop button in just a moment. It's just going to, it's just going to stop. I've said have a nice weekend. I've said everything I need to say. I wish you a happy February. So in just a second, I'm just going to hit that stop button. We are going to cut right into royalty free music like, and so enjoy this royalty free music. Just live it up, live large, prosper, follow your bloody dreams, do all of that shit. And yeah, I'm going to hit that stop button.